Welcome to worship on this third Sunday of Easter at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Dublin, Ohio. We're glad you're joining us once again, and just a couple of announcements uh, before we begin worship. First of all, if you've not heard the great news, uh, Nick Butler, our 17-year-old senior, is home. Uh, he's doing much better, and we're thankful for all your prayers and support of both Nick and his family over this past couple of weeks. And then secondly, I have a little to-do list for you. Uh, Heather Hines, who is the director of Welcome Warehouse, is running out of essential needs, and especially toiletries, things like soap and shampoo. There's a whole list on our website and also that was sent out to you. On Thursday, April 30th, from 11 to 1, here in our front church parking lot on the east side, we're going to have bins set up. All you have to do is drive in and drop off those supplies, and you're going to help some people in need uh, through Welcome Warehouse. So consider doing that. Again, that's this Thursday, April 30th, from 11 to 1, and there's a list of items needed on our website. But again, we're glad to have you here. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, your Son makes himself known to all his disciples in the breaking of bread. Open the eyes of our faith, that we may see him in his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Acts. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from 1 Peter. If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from your heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. According to Luke, glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Clopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth 
who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had become known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. And then when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love this story that we have today from the Gospel of Luke. It's the day of resurrection once again. And Jesus bumps into some of his followers on the road to Emmaus. They are just a short way away from Jerusalem, some seven miles, Luke says. We aren't quite sure where Emmaus is today, but traditionally it's been located somewhere between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, which is a good thing because it meant that as they were walking, they were walking downhill. But there's a problem on this walk. These followers of Jesus are wrapped up in grief. Practically blinded by the recent events in Jerusalem, their eyes clouded by the agony of Christ's suffering and death, so much so that they don't even recognize the Lord when they see him. They walk with him, they talk with him, 
but they do not know who he is. But then something happens. Something uniquely Jesus happens. He sits at table with them. He blesses the bread and breaks it. And suddenly their eyes are opened. And of course, I love this passage because there's all these sort of Eucharistic images layered in here. Just as Christ became known to them in the breaking of the bread, so we too, as we gather around the table, Christ becomes made known to us. As we share our bread and wine, his body and blood become part of our very lives. Every week, every single week, through the sacrament of the table, Christ's presence burns in our hearts once again. How awesome is that? And even though right now I get that we're on a little hiatus from the sacrament because we can't gather together in his name, but soon and very soon we will be back here as a community with our empty hands reaching out to receive everything that we'll ever need. If you know anything about me, you know that I've always loved everything surrounding the meal of Holy Communion. In fact, I have dedicated a lot of my professional life to the study of the sacraments in the church. For almost 25 years, if you can believe that, I served on the advisory council at the Institute of Liturgical Studies at Valparaiso University. It's sort of the think tank for sacramental reform in the church. I've also taught worship throughout our synod, and on occasion I've even given various workshops around the church on the importance of sacraments in the life of our liturgical gatherings. But when I first came to Prince of Peace, we had a little bit of a problem here, at least for this liturgical nerd. We had the sacrament of communion every Sunday, but it bounced between the early and the late service. I wanted Christ's body and blood to be shared every week at every service, for there never to be a time when the life of Jesus was not offered for anyone who wanted it. So do you remember what we did? I arrived January 1st, 1992, and at first we just talked about the frequency of Holy Communion. We had a few Sunday school classes on it. We discussed the efficacy of the sacrament, that is, how is it a means of grace to us. And then I proposed, if you remember, that beginning on Easter Sunday that year, that first year that I was here, and then throughout the entire season of Easter, six, seven weeks, we would offer the sacrament at both the early and the late service. Do you remember that? We agreed that during Eastertide, we would celebrate the Lord's Sacrament at both of our services. Do you remember what happened next? I never told the altar guild to stop preparing the sacrament. And I think it might have been midsummer until someone finally realized we were serving Jesus every Sunday. But by then, I had you hooked. And you are hooked. And now today we have this Easter story with all these beautiful images of Holy Communion. How sweet is that? 
For me, a liturgical, sacramental lover of the Eucharist, it doesn't get any better than Jesus on the road to Emmaus. It's Jesus coming to us at his best. And yet, if I had to be totally honest, there is something in this story that's always bothered me a little bit. I don't know if it does you or not. Why is it that once the disciples finally recognize Jesus, they finally see him as the crucified, risen one, why is it that as soon as they know who he is, he vanishes from them? You ever wondered about that? They're lost in their grief. Their hope has been snatched away. And yet even in the midst of such loss, they welcome this stranger into their home. In fact, the text says they practically beg him to stay. Quote, they strongly urged him, saying, stay with us. Because it's almost evening and day is now nearly over. So he decides to stay. He sits down and almost ritually breaks the bread with them. And then they realize it's him. And the second they realize, poof, he disappears, vanishes. Now why? Why couldn't he stay and chat for a while? Why is he in such a hurry? Do you know how many times in my life I've wanted Jesus to stay with me and to stay just the way he is? Just when I finally feel comfortable with my faith, just when my prayer life is exactly where I want it to be, just when I have Jesus just the way I want him, and then suddenly he's gone. He doesn't stay where I put him in my life. I mean, it's almost as if we're not meant to contain Jesus, as if we're not in charge of him. It's as if the resurrected Christ has so many things to do and so many people to bless and so many worlds to change that he cannot be boxed in. Perhaps he is ours to praise, but not to restrain. Many of you know that I'm a big fan of artwork, partly because I talk about it incessantly. I assume that you have noticed that artists tend to paint images of Jesus in their own likeness. The Jesus that is sitting around the table in Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper looks amazingly Italian and Renaissance Italian at that. The famous well-known portrait of Christ by Warner Salmon, the one I'm sure you've seen, with Jesus with long hair, a blonde, sturdy, looking very Swedish, which just so happens that Warner is Swedish. His family name is actually Larson. Check out the black icons of Jesus painted by the Ethiopian church, or even by the artist John Campbell, some very interesting artwork. Or... Take a peek in our chapel here at Prince of Peace. We have several prints from Sadal Watanabe in his image of Christ as an Asian savior. It's always interesting to me how Jesus, who was born in the Middle East, with all the Semitic and Arabic heritage that that implies, takes on the characteristics of the tribes or nations 
that call upon him. We always want to make Jesus in to us. And yet perhaps, just when we think we got Jesus just where we want him to be, is perhaps the exact time he vanishes. Not to be hemmed in by us and fixed according to our principles and our biases and our boundaries. It's somewhat curious to me how the Gospels have handled their images of the risen Lord. And the truth is that they have dealt with the risen Lord very sparingly. In Matthew, we have 28 long chapters. Each chapter averages about 40 verses. But the resurrection only occurs in chapter 28. And there, there are only 20 verses. So just a half chapter. If you believe modern biblical scholarship, the Gospel of Mark actually has no appearances of the resurrected Christ. Someone came back later and added a few verses. Check it out. It says shorter and longer ending to the Gospel of Mark, but probably not original. Like Matthew, the Gospel of Luke devotes just one chapter to the resurrection, but at least it's a long chapter with 52 full verses. But it is the Gospel of John, of course, that gives the treatment of Christ's resurrection the best and most. Two whole chapters devoted to Christ's reappearance. But even there, unless we get too carried away with the Gospel of John, the whole resurrection account in the Gospel of John is still less than 10% of his entire narrative of Christ's life. The Gospel writers simply have decided not to try to fix or tame or nail down the resurrected Christ. They allow Christ to be free and loose and unrestricted. And of course, that allows the risen Christ to do whatever he needs to do to bring life to the world. I know that these days are hard days for our country. We are not in our regular routines, and we are quarantined. And my guess is feeling a little trapped and isolated from time to time. But if you take nothing else from Easter 2020 in the midst of this coronavirus, remember this. The power of Christ's resurrection means that Christ is always doing something new. We may not know what it is right away. We may not be able to even sense it or even like it. It may not be something we thought of doing. But the risen Christ is moving among us to save us, to redeem us, and to change us. And lots of times we're not going to recognize it right away. And then when we finally do, he leaves us. Just like that, he goes somewhere else. And why? Do you know why Christ leaves the disciples when he recognized them? And why he also might leave us? Well, I think it's so that at that moment, we, having been fueled by the power of his resurrection, can then roll up our sleeves and get to work. In the name of the Father and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, let us confess our Easter faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. With all those who come together to praise the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us pray for the Church, those in need, and all of God's creation. As we continue the Easter celebration, bring harmony to our world and peace into everyone's hearts. God of life and love, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, be with government leaders making tough decisions Guide them to make the best decisions for the well-being of your people. God of life and love, hear our prayer. Remind us to find beauty in the world, the world that you created, the green grass, blooming flowers, and fresh air that we breathe. Help us to conserve the earth's resources and treat it with care. God of life and love, Hear our prayer. God, we ask for your continued healing of our brother, Nick Butler. Strengthen his body and bring him comfort. Prevent people from getting COVID-19 and heal everyone battling the virus. God of life and love, hear our prayer. We know many people fighting illness, disease, mental anguish, and financial hardship. Bring them the support and remedies they need. We especially ask for help for those that we now name. God of life and love, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O God, we place all for whom we pray, trusting in your great mercy and love through the one who walks with us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the one who brought forth Jesus from the dead raise you to new life, fill you with hope, and turn your mourning into dancing.
Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Christ is risen just as he said. Go in peace, share the good news. Alleluia. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Alleluia. Alleluia.